0: You, 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 know, I D I D in the, in the town all day. I be, I be in the, D the, S, E, A. a you, you, the know, I I in the, in the, S, E, A. I be, I be a,
1: a Hello and welcome to episode 295 of the Fabulous Pelton Cast, sponsored by our friends at Pagliacci Pizza. I'm your co-host, Kevin Pelton. And I'm Tristan Carcino, And we are coming to you again in different locations. I'm in Seattle, Washington, home of the four-time WNBA champions. Seattle Storm. Oh, yeah, the, the Storm. That, that's the, yeah. And I'm coming to you from
0: Renton, Washington, home of the Super Bowl 48 <laughs> champion, Seattle Seahawks. Oh. Yeah, that's oh. who I'm referring to.
1: <laughs> You're supposed to actually identify them? I just assume people would home know. Home of the Let's...
0: four-time W... I mean, that's true. There are no other four-time WNBA champions. There,
1: there is at least... Well, I mean, the Houston Comets won the first four. They don't even exist anymore, do they? They don't. Uh, I also am not coming to you from Houston, Texas. I said Seattle, Washington. So there's only only one four-time WAPA champion based here in
0: Seattle. Seattle. Okay, that's good.
1: Uh, All right. Well, it is our first podcast of 2022. A happy new year to you, the listener.
0: Is this our, what year? What calendar year? When did we start? 2012?
1: No, we started in 2013. Oh, Okay. This is the ninth year of the Pelton Cast. Well, this would be the tenth different year. Happy ten year anniversary to the Pelton today. Cast. It's not exactly a ten year anniversary. Precisely ten years today. There were there were also some. Oh, did you know this was the date that they went forward to <laughs> in Back to the Future Part Two? <laughs> uh, uh, also, some of those years that we were not podcasting in, if you'll recall, in between, but. From the start, I was still podcasting. I don't know what you calendars. were doing, but I was still
0: podcasting yeah. that whole time.
1: Uh, <laughs> the microphone turned off in your darkened basement. Some years Just podcasting. Just giving takes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2022 Peltoncast. Already off to a flying start, as you can see. At
0: some point, we have to talk about the dark days of the Peltoncast when the Pelton brothers <laughs> fought for multiple years. <laughs> what, one of them was on exile. <laughs>
1: It was a little bit like uh, your children during your youngest fifth birthday party earlier this year. Yeah, evening. happy birthday to the
0: Pelton cast. Also, happy fifth birthday to Mateo, babyest fancy genius. It
1: was, it was mostly you and him that were fighting more than him and his <laughs> siblings. Now that I think about I was
0: it. I was fighting with him to for his because he wanted to fight. We we're wrestling. That's yeah. different than fighting. <laughs>
1: Uh, When he pulled out the weapons, it wasn't what you wanted. Sounds kind of sinister,
0: (laughs) fighting with your
1: (laughs) final. He was doing the fighting with you, not the other way around. All right, this week's beer from our friends at Deschutes Brewery. The limited release Red Chair Northwest Pale Ale. Is this a limited release?
0: I feel like they always have this.
1: I don't remember seeing this. I, I have not gone through my spreadsheet, which is now... Now in it's I think it's year. seventh year of existence. <laughs> Happy tenth the anniversary to your spreadsheet. <laughs> we have a lot of tenth
0: anniversaries today, aren't we? Happy first anniversary. Uh, We'd finish saying this. I have an I have an anniversary.
1: Bundle up beside this citrusy smooth ale. That's an insider's ride to fresh thrills. It's thrills. It's kind of a uh, a ski resort themed.
0: Oh, because which... the Pelton brothers love that fatty pow.
1: <laughs> oh, not, not not a Pelton, Pelton Brothers thing. The uh, winter sports. This is
0: fantasy genius went snowboarding on New Year's Eve, and I was for her birthday. I was asking for information about it, and I was like, "So is there like a, a lodge that you're hanging out in, or whatever?" She was describing it, and I was like, "Keep in mind, my only knowledge of ski resorts comes from Boy Meets World."
1: Oh, what? were you not watching uh it's always sunny in philadelphia by the time they did their parody of what was the name of that ski movie
0: uh i don't a know parody but... of a ski movie i, yeah, I have not seen one ski look movie. if it doesn't involve linda cartellini and and Corey having a potential change of heart on topanga i don't want anything to do with oh, it oh wow yeah that was
1: a big one Wait, is our Corey and topanga i i tweeted that uh that uh uh, about my most, my most invested I've been in a TV couple is Roy Kent and Keely. Uh-huh. That's on you're sh- on Ted. You're Lasso. shipping them. Uh-huh. I well, I, I mean, I can't sh- sh- ship them because they're already together. But you know, want to make sure that they stay together. Uh-huh. Would you say that Corey and is in your top five?
0: No, not at all. I would say oh, the wow. exact opposite. I personally thought it should have been Corey and Linda Cardellini. Oh boy!
1: Wow, well, there you go. I mean,
0: come look, look at the run that Linda Cardellini had after that.
1: Ski School Ski School the, uh, oh.
0: this was an important enough movie that <laughs> it's always <seen> <laughs> it was, it
1: I had n- literally never heard of it before it's always sunny in Philadelphia parody that but they sure did it
0: Cardellini went on to Freaks and Geeks what has Topanga done oh, of course come on like this is no offense to Topanga who we all love but like really you're, this is stiff competition here uh, very fair yeah. Corey chose chose, fair. chose the wrong, wrong person I also wanted to give you a happy anniversary though uh, happy first time anniversary i just got i i pulled up twitter there is a trending topic about pelton cast player to watch of the year alperin shengoon he has reached the level of twitter trending topic about why he's not playing the the shengoon oh, wow. Shen sanity
1: is it's reached its fullest form the shengoon squad is strong it is very the
0: shengoon squad that's pretty good
1: Let me tell you, every time you listen to the opposing team's broadcast of a Rockets game on League Pass, that broadcast is going to compare him to Nikola Jokic at least once. (laughs) At least
0: once. Do you watch for it and just, like, smirk to yourself? Like, I do.
1: I mean, I'm, I'll, I I I want to be careful with the Nikola Jokic comparisons. Jokic is playing at an extraordinarily high level right now. I don't think Shengun is going to the get MVP, there, but the MVP
0: of the league is who you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. You're you're skeptical whether Shengun is going to get there, but it's 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 a conversation.
1: It's there's a dialogue.
0: Wow, you're a Shengun hipster, though.
1: I look. There were people who were on it before me,
0: but. I got there early enough. If you listen to this podcast, you were up on Shen
1: Koon before he was a trending topic. That is that is absolutely true. That's why we do the players to watch. You've never actually watched them, but you do watch for them <laughs> on Twitter. They may or may not be trending. Uh, should we I, I prefer Lin- Linda Cardellini to uh, Shen Koon, though. <laughs> fair. Totally fair. First up, a happy retirement to Kyle Seeger, who announced he'd rather conclude his career rather than play for anyone. Yeah, Russell but Wilson. <laughs> Seeger, a third-round pick by the Mariners in 2009, spent his entire 11-season major league career with the Mariners, joining Edgar Martinez and perhaps Felix Hernandez, who has not officially announced his retirement, as players to play at least a decade for the Mariners and not for any other teams. Singer turned 34 in November and concludes his career with 1,395 hits, ranking fourth in franchise history and 242 home runs, also fourth. He told the Seattle Times he'd made the decision to retire ahead of the emotional season finale, where he was removed after the eighth inning uh, with the Mariners eliminated from playoff contention. And everyone knew that was going to be his last game with the Mariners, but it was it came as a surprise that it was going to be his last game, period. I think we all assumed he was going to be playing somewhere else, especially because he didn't announce his retirement right away.
0: Now... So I understand this. Kyle Seeger, basically the Mariners were not going to bring back Kyle Seeger. Is that at any cost?
1: It didn't seem like it. I mean, certainly it's it, based on all the reporting, uh, including by the Seattle Times that last weekend, the weekend of that final game, his relationship with Jerry DePoto did not seem super great. Okay. So I don't. it didn't seem like it. But yeah, they, they turned down his his player option, or his club option, I should say and did not seem, I guess, to make much of an effort to re-sign him. But maybe he was already too late by that point. All right.
0: Well, Kyle Seeger, great Mariner. Sad he never got to play in the playoffs.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, the fact that those two guys on the list were not Edgar <laughs> are also players who played their entire career without playing a playoff game. Seattle Mariner. Yeah, hard. Russell
0: Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's about the love of the sport. Okay. You know, kids these days, they don't even like love the sport anymore. Kyle Seeger just quit playing it. Wow.
1: Uh, what is it with these geriatric millennials? Back in my day, we'd
0: show up to, we'd show up to play baseball for free back in my day. is
1: 34 a geriatric millennial. Or are you just a millennial at that point? I think it's geriatric. Next up, get well soon to Seahawks linebacker, Bobby Wagner. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported Monday that Wagner suffered PCL and MCL sprains on the opening play of Sunday's win over the Detroit Lions, which would sideline him Weeks 18, according to Rappaport, and possibly end his Seahawks career. The good news is Pete Carroll said that neither injury will require surgery, and Carroll has yet to rule Wagner out for Sunday, although that, that could be of a piece with Pete Carroll's usual injury optimism.
0: Uh, I mean, we'll talk so much more about Bobby Wagner going forward and and especially with his future on the Seahawks being uncertain. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of interesting. I was thinking about this. Bobby Wagner had a couple of semi-injury plague seasons there and then it's been pretty healthy for a consistent stretch. So not he having not him out played, there.
1: missed a single play this season until Sunday.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty shocking to hear like when I wasn't in the game yet when this happened, uh, but saw a chat from Ben being like, that's Bobby Wagner, who's down. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, for some reason, there are certain players who you expect could be injured, but Bobby Wagner was not on the list for me.
1: Yeah. Okay, lastly, this week, a sad <laughs> one for me personally.
0: I love how, how, how sad this update is.
1: Congrats to the PeltonCast fantasy football champions. Mark Stewart with Russell Filson in the PeltonCast Champions League. Patton Richardson with I'm at the Patton in the home of the four-dime WNBA champs taking me down in the final, and Quinn walker Phelan with the Ra- Rainier Mountaineers in the home of the Super Bowl 48 champions. And this is where I have to say, this is why you call yourself the fantasy genius, even though you miss the playoffs all the time in the Dalton Sultan- <laughs> Coast leagues, because you on this podcast last week advised me to play Rashad Petty. <laughs> And not DeAndre you Swift. You didn't play Rashad Penny. Didn't play. Are you kidding me? Would have, would have won the championship. Are by you kidding? Kid- because you didn't play Rashad Penny. I mean, I all the expert. You know, I literally told you,
0: fuck the experts. Did you not hear that? Those perspective. Those are yeah. net, you do
1: not look at those. You
0: cannot look at those. They will cloud I mean, the your thing mind the in your judgment. Is
1: I'm still scared, scarred by a Rashad Penny injury possibility. And DeAndre
0: Swift coming back after how many weeks?
1: Oh well, all week in practice, Dan Campbell's talking about like how healthy he looks, and then he gets like four carries and three targets. He was in there basically as a decoy. I have a lot of problems with Dan Campbell.
0: Oh, Dan Campbell coached a hell of a game.
1: He may have coached a fine game, but he screwed me over in this one. Takes takes uh because Amon St. A- Brown
0: got these touches instead. You have a problem with that outside of fantasy?
1: Uh, no no i mean on rossi brown is very okay. good but at the goal line throwing a touchdown pass to taylor Deck. oh yes uh, and then jamal williams comes in for deandre swift at the one to score the touchdown the the uh, final touchdown the lions scored either of which those the, those single touchdowns alone would not have won it i would have still been waiting for a Deontay johnson catch in the final minutes there of the uh, the steelers grounds game on monday night which in the first half, Deontay Johnson scored a touchdown. I needed like a 28 from him, which is obviously a monster game. It was unlikely, but he actually got halfway there at halftime. It looked like I had a chance, and then it was dashed because the Browns offense could not move the ball.
0: Are you familiar with the word karma? <sighs> Choosing to play literally the opponent of the Seahawks player. Your two options. It wasn't like a player in another game. Your options. I could were... have played,
1: I played Elijah Mitchell too. I would have won if I had played Elijah <laughs> Mitchell either. Too.
0: You you actually chose DeAndre Swift over both of these players. Hasn't Elijah Mitchell been on
1: fire lately? He was also coming back from injury, okay. and I was more concerned about that in his case. You have the most Swift.
0: exciting Seahawks running back since Thomas Rawls, who was perfect in every single possible way before the injury, and you chose to start DeAndre Swift over Rashad Penny in that game. That's why you lost. This is why I've never won a championship. Wow, it's about I, not ha- you have a lack of heart. Is what it really is, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and con- convictions <laughs> and these things. I don't want it bad enough. Yeah, I, I still technically am alive in the uh, the vestigial 20 sickness league, where I trail our cousin Kyle, former third brother. By uh, 32 points, heading into our week 18 finale of the two-week final. (laughs) Week
0: 18 finale. This is the ghost-playing version of a fantasy football league. Congrats if you win.
1: The two of us are playing. So he's got a legitimate team, including he has Jamar Chase. So that 45 he dropped on Sunday was uh, a real problem. He also played. You'll never believe this.
0: Rashad Penny? Rashad Penny. (laughs) Uh... Sorry. I hate fantasy. I I told you it was on the podcast that I told you to start Rashad Penny. It was on the podcast.
1: Wow. Ben could clip that if he wants to over Rashad Penny running for touchdowns against the Detroit Lions. Man,
0: I am so excited to have the Rashad Penny conversation
1: when we do our Seahawks year interview. Oh, I am like, there's going to be a lot of fun discourse. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. In that podcast. I almost, like, don't want to get into it too much this week just to save it for that. Rashad Penny?
0: Just even a lot of Seahawks. Seahawks back. discourse in general? Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, we'll talk about it, but got to save something for that. Now... I think I think we'll have enough. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on with the Seahawks. It's fair. It's time to talk about... A new search that we are going to undertake in 2022, even as our search for Seattle's best fried chicken technically is still on, have not crowned a champion as yet. We're going to do something a little bit different this time around in terms of a a winter search. Do you want to introduce this idea since it was yours?
0: So a a little bit of background on the search. Uh, I I was going to uh, a concert a couple of weeks ago, like early December. It was cold. It was pouring out or whatever, right? It was just a, a gross Seattle night, the, the type we've seen over and over and over again. I, of course, was wearing a, a cutoff hoodie and Crocs out in the weather, walking in the door. And the person at the door was like, you're wearing Crocs out here in this weather? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, are you just like not from around here or whatever? And I was like, I'm from around here. That's why I'm wearing this. I'm so unfazed by the weather that's going on outside. I'm not going to adjust my entire life to this. And so for some reason, this was ringing around in my head. And I was like, I'm the most Seattle person there is. And was thinking about it and was like, I wonder who the actual most Seattle person there is. Because I was thinking through my credentials as the most Seattle. And then it hit me in the same way that maybe... uh, Not inspired by it all, of course. Uh, Our friends at Taco Time looked for Taco Time's biggest fan and crowned Randy as one of their biggest fans of Taco Time. What we need to do on the Pelton cast is not do a search for Seattle's best food. No, we're taking it up a notch. We are doing a search for Seattle's best Seattle person. Seattle's most Seattle. Search for Seattle's most Seattle person. How about that?
1: I, that's what I went with. Yes, search for Seattle's best, most Seattle person. Okay, cut out the part. I immediately... Seattle's
0: best. We are going. Hey, wait, wait, hold on. We are going. I'm not. I'm not going to. We it are going out. No, to do a no.
1: search
0: for. <laughs> <No>. oh, <laughs> this no, happens no. every week. No, don't worry, just edit it out. <laughs> a search for no. Seattle's most Seattle person. And and here's what I'm thinking with this because I was as I, for some reason like a month later this comment was just digging around in my head. Of any person questioning my Seattle status, that really hurt.
1: You're still upset about this?
0: I'm not upset about it. I'm more just upset that the insinuation of not being over prepared for the weather makes you less Seattle, right? Because I don't agree with that on principle.
1: I mean, it's interesting because it could go a few different directions. Now, obviously, if you own an umbrella, you are not Seattle's most Seattle I mean, person.
0: Obviously, you probably
1: do own an umbrella, but... I literally do not own an umbrella, wow. although I have considered that's, the purchase. That's of it part of recently. your case. <laughs> there you go. So the the the
0: basically the my credentials as the most Seattle person, born and raised in Seattle, literally never lived anywhere else in my entire life. Depending if you want to count Renton as that, we'll see the greater Seattle area, right? South Seattle from birth to Renton after that. I've been at... Suspiciously far from Seattle? Suspiciously far? Head of the curve, (laughs) motherfucker. Uh, Have been at basically every important Seattle sports moment that's happened over the last two and a half decades. I was at the 1996 Western Conference Finals, beating the Jazz, sending the Sonics to the Finals. Then the two games that they won in the championship against the Bulls,
1: I like how you're more Seattle than maybe. You, you weren't at these games. Weren't games. I've been at more the Sonics
0: important sporting events.
1: I think it's a little more Seattle to go to a key game the Sonics lose. <laughs> maybe
0: it is. Maybe it is. <laughs> Call me when you were there in 79. Uh was there at the 95 slide with you. Correct. The Beast Quake. The tip. Both NFC Championship games, of the, of the more recent ones, I was not there in 2006 against the Panthers, uh, have been at the first Sounders game ever, uh, was peered in at the first Kraken game ever. I was there. I might not have been in the building, but I was there. Uh, you, you were on the campus. I was on the campus. I looked in at the first ever game. Had Have had, at some point, season tickets to Husky football, Husky basketball, the Seahawks, the Sonics, 20-game uh, pack for the Mariners. Uh,
1: we had the uh, half-season Sounders, the original season. Original
0: season of the Sounders. I have been at USL Sounders playoff matches at CenturyLink Field. I mean, we've seen all of these stadiums. Also, I'm nostalgic for the kingdom. Uh,
1: I've worked... <laughs> again, again, I think that works against your case. My case is. <laughs> not missing the, remembering <laughs> how bad the kingdom actually there's, there's was there's all
0: there's always a, it's a double-sided coin here right uh <laughs> i've worked my entire life in seattle i've been at basically every notable macklemore concert right macklemore with Wiz Khalifa, bummer shoot macklemore at fucking chop suey constantly i've seen blue scholars 20 25 times right have been there through this generation of music i booked fleet foxes early on have have booked So many of a generation of young indie rock bands that came up. Uh, I am Seattle's most Seattle person. I've been to numerous seafarers and I am unfazed by a little bit of rain and a little bit of cold. So felt like there has to be somebody out there who's more Seattle than either of us. And we want to find that person, have them on, have them make their case for why they are Seattle's most Seattle person this Winter on the Pelton cast.
1: So, in classic Seattleite fashion, I remembered that what you're describing, of course, was an almost live sketch at one point, sort of. Sort Specifically, of. they had a game show asking, "How Seattle are you?" We will, we'll, of course link to that in the post notes on SonicCentral.com, so everyone can can check that out, uh, in, including the token Los Angeles transplant as part of the uh, the bet there. I mean, part of what makes this interesting is going to be finding out we, every time we do these searches, we learn a little something about food. In, in this case, how much we love chicken thighs relative to chicken breast when we search for Seattle's breast fried chicken. We you know just gain a greater understanding. So I think going through this process, we're going to gain a understand, better understanding of what makes someone so Seattle. But also, eventually, the plan is to get put together a bracket, as you said, and have two different people compete to see who's more Seattle, and because of the fact that it's a completely subjective thing, that determination is going to be up to the listener in a listener poll on Twitter. So you, the listener, are going to decide ultimately who or what is most Seattle. I can't
0: wait. And I, I'm i so excited about the interpretations of what it means to be the most Seattle also and how people yes. have different interpretations of it. So I, I can't freaking wait for this. This is my favorite search we've done yet.
1: It is, it is by far our most ridiculous search and therefore probably also our best search. So we're going to start, I don't think this week we're not really set up for it yet, but we just wanted to introduce the concept, but uh, probably next week we will start taking recommendations, submissions. You can, you can nominate yourself as the most Seattle, you can nominate someone else you know, much is with the Taco Time super fan competition that you mentioned where, you know, Randy <clears throat> submitted himself, but we also seconded that because we all recognize that look. We like, we like Taco Time Northwest a lot. We pale in comparison to Randy's Super Fandom. So if you have someone in your life who's like that, just with being Seattle, then we encourage you to nominate them or nominate yourselves if you don't know anyone who's more Seattle than you are.
0: I can't I can't wait to hear it. I, w- I want to hear all the Seattle stories. And I want to hear older Seattle <laughs> stories, new Seattle stories. I want to hear everything.
1: I mean, that's... So much of what we do on this podcast is you know, trying to reckon with what Seattle means as it changes. And you don't want to be dismissive of changes that uh, are occasionally for the better, but you also definitely want to remember the history and uh-huh. what made Seattle, Seattle. i Seattle because I work at Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, if you check out the sketch, the LA transplant played by Ed Wyatt does earn nine points for saying he works in software. Okay. Not the maximum ten points in that category, but he does earn a solid nine. So we we will see. I'm very curious to see how this plays out and the listener feedback. I mean, if you have thoughts on how this should play out, what the what the criteria should be as we go through these conversations. Basically, we're asking people to come on and give us your Seattle credentials.
0: Can't wait for it. Host, <laughs> hosting a podcast about Taco Time, also Taco Time Northwest. <laughs>
1: Uh, like, i mean again throw it in, this, throw it in there just ties you with a lot of us
0: <laughs> if only you'd gone to some of those sonics games you really missed out you were at the Beastquake, though you there's so many seahawks games you were at the tip you you've got nothing all, all the seahawks games
1: i was not no i've got i've got more uw football road games
0: than you Great. you've been to losing Going... uw road road games that doesn't get you that many points as far as seattle oh. credit you're just again, like, oh, I yeah, I went, and, I went and saw the team lose at Michigan.
1: Again, I think you're underestimating how much being at losing sporting events makes you Seattle. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and in if the pinnacle of your victory is in the division series, again, very perfectly, <laughs> Seattle. Which in our case works, because we were at that game five as well as game three of that series.
0: I saw the Edgar Martinez statue this weekend. I'd never seen it before because uh, I was walking in from the 1st Avenue side instead of the 4th fourth, fourth Avenue side. It's like, do you know where it's at? No. It's like down the first baseline. So like there's the Griffey statue and then the Edgar statue is mm-hmm. like right down the, the street. The Griffey statue
1: is in front of home, the home plate entry.
0: And and the Edgar statue is down the first base entry. Okay. It's kind of a strange so, spot for it.
1: and I So towards, like across the street from, if you're going towards. Like the parking Warnfield. garage. Yeah.
0: And I just can't wait to show that to my children and just be like, you see that player right there? He advanced all the way <laughs> to the American League Championship Series. That's right. Two times. I mean, Two times to the American League. Cha- right?
1: No. Uh, he went three times. He was part of the 2001 team as well.
0: What is the third time? They only played one time before then.
1: They went to the ALCS back-to-back years in 2000 and 2001. Oh, okay. A, a true That's how Seattle I am. Is I didn't give a shit know about the Mariners in the early 2000s. Oh, that, I do not think that qualifies you as particularly Seattle in this case. A little bit of a transplant thing. Now, it should it should be noted. So you recently introduced your children, particularly Baby baby Fantasy Genius, the eldest, to Major League and Major League Tim. Yes. And you'll recall the original Major League... The pinnacle of success for the Indians is it them winning the World Series? It's them just winning the division tiebreaker. I mean, to go to the ALCS. It was at that pretty. Point. It was so much harder to do then, though. Like it was actually no, going to the ALCS it was, it was, was still equally hard team. to go to the ALCS. The same number of teams went to the ALCS. I, I don't know if that's that true, at any though. point. No, because
0: you need. It's like it's harder to win the. It, it was harder. It's harder to win the alcs than it is to win. The MLS Cup. Having to put together a full I mean, yes, season a of work versus of getting rating. lucky in one series is a totally different thing.
1: You know, I'd have to check out the 95 standings if there were no wild card, because the Indians won the AL Central. They were the then-Indians. No longer. Uh, They would have been in the AL East with the Yankees and the Red Sox were the three other playoff teams that year. So I have to think the Mariners would have won the seven-team AL West had it existed in 1995 and therefore advanced to the ALCS to play Cleveland just as they actually did. Well, there
0: you go.
1: So take that, Major League, is what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) At 79 and 66?
1: If the East was very. It was a very East heavy league.
0: Good God! Even the East was bad. There just weren't good teams that year. Was that because of the I strike? Mean, Cleveland?
1: Well, they only played 144 oh, games, yet, so the but... so the win totals are lower.
0: Yeah, I see. Okay,
1: but Cleveland piling up 100 wins in a 144 win season is pretty impressive. <laughs> Gotta say, did not expect to be checking out the 95.
0: <laughs> it always comes. It's podcast. the season of records, so. It always comes back there. And I'm like, children. It, that man right come, there. He he advanced Pappy's new He advanced the team to the American League Championship series, kids. Take a look. Take a look right there. Breathe it all I was in. There. Yeah, I was there. I'm the most I'm Seattle's most Seattle person. I saw that play.
1: Did we go oh, to gosh, any ALCS games or no? We did not go to any games in the ALCS. The tickets I mean not that they were easy to come by in the DS. I am not sure how mom got those tickets. But we stood in I think line they were the even harder to come by.
0: Rite Aid in Birion or whatever it was. I guess I wasn't there. And they used to sell them. Yeah. Not Seattle enough to be there. <laughs> I understand. Fred Meyer and Berrien used to have a box office, a Ticketmaster box office. Do you remember that? <laughs> I I do remember. Going remember there. That. I god, I think it was Rite Aid. Where where you got the tickets? It was, it was in the parking lot of uh, Safeway? Yeah, the now Safeway parking lot.
1: Is that a right? That was, that, was, that was always a safe way. Was that always that's a right? And they had like a
0: Ticketmaster booth. Man, this is some old school shit here. I remember being like, you have to it's compete with the online make... people trying to buy tickets. Oh, yeah.
1: The the specific Burian geography is only going to make sense to DJ Infrared <laughs> and Chris. Those are the only listener that it's going to make sense.
0: You think to. they're the only ones who know Burian? I don't believe that. There may be a couple of others. Just show up to the fucking Rite Aid and Beerian and try to buy your tool tickets in 1999 or whatever. <laughs> I was there. I was, that was at, that show was at the Tacoma Dome, so it does not count toward my Seattle credentials.
1: Oh, tough break. <sighs> Should we go through the rundown? <laughs> Let's start with the Kraken, who actually played some games last Hello. week. They lost all of them. <laughs> a 3-2 Maybe the Kraken loss. are the
0: most Seattle person. <laughs>
1: oh no (laughs) they do play a lot of seattle music at their games 3-2 overtime oh and they also haven't gotten over like
0: 1994 as well that's how you know they're the most seattle person
1: a 6-4 loss thursday versus calgary and then a 5-2 loss saturday versus vancouver in the derby match against the canucks uh losing streak now at five games for the kraken and it's gonna stay there for a while Because it turns out they're not going to play any games for a long period of time. Lizzie's cheek will be nearly four weeks old when they shut it down again next Monday. The NHL didn't shut it down, but the Kraken's games, Tuesday versus New York Islanders, Thursday versus Ottawa, Saturday at Edmonton, have all been postponed, leaving their next scheduled game Monday at Colorado. uh, Eight day break since they last took the ice.
0: I I love Uh, that their definition of being the most Seattle, the Krakens, they're like, we really want to represent the culture and the community of Seattle. And they're like, (laughs) everybody
1: loves Nirvana there, right? Timely stuff. I mean, if they do have one accurate, like what Seattle people love It's the the losing,
0: yeah. (laughs) They nailed it. They nailed it. The expectations and then the losing after that.
1: I was going to say Sue Byrne. (laughs) Playing her her hype video, that that gets the people going. could uh, have fallen fourteen points out of a playoff spot in the Western Conference.
0: I also would would love though if for being the most Seattle people, there's all sorts of '90s Seattle music stuff that I was too young for. Uh, would love to hear if you were at you know Pearl Jam in the park and Nirvana shows at the Paramount or whatever. Uh, would be great.
1: And definitely. Uh, Quick Sounders update. Sounder at Heart reported last week that the Sounders are pursuing Real Salt Lake midfielder Albert Ruschnak, who is an unrestricted free agent. The Slovakia native has totaled 41 goals and 39 assists in five MLS seasons, all in Salt Lake. He had 11 of each last season, starting 34 matches during the regular season before missing Real Salt Lake's playoff win in Seattle after testing positive for COVID-19. Uh, Rushnak has been a designated player throughout his MLS career, but Sounder at Heart reported the Sounders are looking to sign him using targeted allocation money, which would require him taking a pay cut. Plenty of ties to the Sounders organization as Sounders Director of Sporting Craig Weibel signed Rushnak at Real Salt Lake, where Sounders Assistant Freddie Juarez was previously his manager. So it will be interesting to see if this this comes to pass. Would be a big addition for the Sounders.
0: Where where would you see him fitting into the Sounder lineup?
1: So presumably part of the rationale here is insurance for Nico Lodero after the series of knee injuries he had that sidelined him much last season is a playmaker in the midfield. And then the other thing it would allow you to do is if you did have Ladero, then you could play him and Ruchnak as kind of your attacking midfielders and move Christian Roldan back to defensive midfield alongside João Hello. So that'd be, a, that'd be a pretty awesome midfield combination if you had all four of those guys on the pitch together.
0: Where, where do you see the Sounders' biggest weakness right now? Is it on defense?
1: No, I think they're pretty settled defensively. I mean, I wouldn't say left back is a huge strength, but they seem they seem comfortable with Madronda going forward. You've got the th- strong three center backs. Could probably use a little more depth there, and then uh, Alex Rolde at it right back. I
0: were you considering
1: Center back. Okay. I mean he he established himself there. I think they'll stick with the the three center backs is that was so effective for them going forward. So
0: so exposure that's what you're telling me.
1: Hmm? <laughs> 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 wow, that is a that is a deep cut right there. You kind of named nothing. I mean, I mean depth is always a concern. They've lost they lost a lot of depth pieces at this point, you know, Kellen Rose in free agency. Uh, they they already lost the midfielder they traded for midseason. season whose name already escapes me. Uh, and oh then, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. losing Shane O'Neill to free agency. What is that They lost their backup keeper, Stephen Cleveland. We talked about him recently like last on the week, right? Yeah, when he. But but it's already gone, from my friend. That quickly. You keep working on that. It's gonna hit me. I think Will Bruin remains a free agent, and Montero as well. So again. You know, once you get outside of that that top group, they're relying on a lot of these younger players to step up and contribute. Your A B Suzoka's, your Danny Levas, your Ethan Dobelairs, uh, you know, players like that. But the the starting group is looking pretty solid and would be even more solid if they were able to bring in Rushnak. All right. Our UW women's basketball, as we mentioned last week, uh, missed their home stand against number two Stanford and Cal because of COVID-19 spread in the program. Would assume to be in the timing that they should be able to return to action this weekend. They're scheduled to travel to Arizona to play Arizona State on Friday and then number four Arizona on Sunday. Sun Devils have started the season eight and five, but all eight wins against mid-majors. and They've lost all their matchups to power conference teams. By contrast, despite losing our old friend Ari McDonald to the WNBA, Adia Barnes is added again after leading her alma mater to the title game last season, where they lost to Stanford. Wildcats started the season ranked 22nd in the AP poll, but have climbed all the way to fourth with a 10 and 0 start. Just one of those wins has come over a ranked opponent, but they beat number three Louisville in Sioux Falls. Arizona last played December 17th is the Arizona schools trip to play the LA schools was also postponed due to COVID issues at both UCLA and US. Was it Benize you were thinking of or Sissoko? Benize yeah. is who I was thinking of, yes. Sissoko is still on the roster. Uh, UW men's basketball did get their long delayed opener in play <laughs> <Game>. on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, after Wednesday's game went out, Washington State it was postponed last minute after we recorded due to COVID spread in the Cougars program. Uh, Huskies on Monday hung around with the number eight Wildcats for about 30 minutes or so before Arizona pulled away late for a 95 79 win. Terrell Brown Jr. had 28 points, six assists, and five steals, and Emmett Matthews 16 points for the Huskies. But Arizona had three players Christian Coloco, Kara and Kirk Carissa and Benedict Matherin top 20 points while Dalen Terry flirted with a triple-double finishing with 13 points 11 boards and eight assists up next this weekend for the Huskies a trip to the mountain schools on Thursday they'll play at Utah Sunday at afternoon at Colorado you'd started a pretty impressive six and two with their loan losses to BYU and USC but since have lost four of their last six games, including a sweep last weekend against the Oregon schools reminds in Oregon. Of,
0: reminds me of them, the Rose Bowl.
1: Well <laughs> no. <laughs> not, not as impressive to lose at Oregon State. Maybe that Beavers game at, in UW will not be as easy as it looked. Uh, new coach for Utah this year is Craig Smith, replaced Larry Uh You may remember Craig Smith's Utah State team faced the Huskies in the NCAA tournament way back in 2019 when the Huskies managed to go to the NCAA tournament. That was only three wow. years ago. I do not, not remember that. <laughs> Them playing Utah State. The, no, the
0: Huskies being in the NCAA tournament. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay.
1: Uh, Utah State also reached the NCAA tournament in 2021 and had qualified by winning the Mountain West tournament in 2020 before that year's tournament was canceled. Uh, Utah's offense has been pretty good, but they've been hurt by a remarkable inability to force turnovers, ranking 355th in the nation in that category per Ken Palm. It's been an adequate non-conference for Colorado, which went eight and two with only one bad loss that coming versus Southern Illinois in the U S Virgin islands. Their other loss came to a, a top 25 school in Tennessee, but no wins over top 100 teams in non-conference. Their only one of those so far came versus Stanford in their PAC 12 opener. Uh, they were playing Oregon earlier Monday night. I have not doubled back to uh, check the final score of that one. Uh, that game was also delayed. Like so many others, Colorado had been unable to play due to their COVID issues. Uh, they did not play Oregon State this weekend as was originally scheduled. And oh, it turns out that one got postponed again. So I did, didn't didn't miss it. Wait, so did you say that you were watching it and then? No,
0: you just planned not on circling
1: was- back on it, and then it got yes. Postponed. I planned on circling back and checking the score. So I assume that's due to the Oregon program. And if not, God. probably Colorado will be able to play this weekend. I mean it's you know, it's uh we're we're back to 2021 in men's college basketball and women's college basketball, that's for sure. Uh Colorado starts a big front line, of powerful six eight center Evan Batty skinny six ten Tristan da Silva, and their star six nine Jabari Walker, the son of longtime NBA player Samaki Walker. Oh uh Jamari Walker in ESPN's top 100 for the upcoming NBA draft. Not an efficient scorer, but an excellent rebounder and good shot blocker.
0: Okay, do you would you consider him the like most notable player to watch in this road stand?
1: For sure. I mean, Utah doesn't have any NBA caliber prospects at
0: this point. And so, Jamari Walker how how do you end up? Does Samaki Walker have ties to Colorado in any way? Don't think so. That's a fascinating one. Yeah. Was Samaki Walker a coach somewhere? I don't think so. Okay. I thought I remembered seeing him post-retirement.
1: He uh, went to Louisville for the record.
0: Huh. That is a random place for a Sunday end up. Yep. Okay. You Did he ever play in Denver? No. Huh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There are no known times between Samaki Walker's playing career and Jabari Walker. Fair enough. Uh, Some disappointing news for UW football this week is wide receiver coach Junior Adams took the same position at rival Oregon. Leaves the Huskies with just one holdover from Jimmy Lake's coaching staff, that being offensive line coach Scott Huff. Adams had spent three seasons at UW and a Stin is interim offensive coordinator to end the 2021 season, and he was involved in recruiting every remaining receiver on the UW roster. That t- that does not include Terrell Bynum, but uh, his his moving on may help explain Bynum's decision to transfer after he initially indicated he was staying at UW. And Bynum announced on Monday that he'll finish his college career at USC.
0: And I don't know if you saw this, but he also got the title of co offensive coordinator. So oh, I did not. See it, that, it's no. not exactly the same position. And I think explain. A little bit more the decision to leave. Also, it just honestly, I was surprised that they were keeping Junior Adams around uh, because it does feel like when a new coaching staff comes in, they're going to kind of want their guys. I was happy about it uh, when it did look like Junior well, Adams was sticking around.
1: You know who it potentially clears a spot for? Jermaine Kearse. Oh, that would be that would be fun. Uh, I was thinking someone we speculated about following Kaelin DeBoer from Fresno State, that being Kirby Moore,
0: coming in as wide receivers coach.
1: Yeah, I think that was the position he had at Fresno State.
0: Kirby Moore is the wide receivers coach at Fresno State? I believe so. Wow, okay. Setting up for when Kellen Moore is head coach of the Seahawks. (laughs) Kirby Moore will be there at UW. That's really nice. I like that synergy.
1: There you go. Oh, he he served as offensive coordinator for their bowl game. I don't know if that one... uh... Let's see. His Twitter currently says Pass Game Coordinator. Oh, Offensive Coordinator. So he has been promoted there. So I guess he's not coming as wide right, receiver coach at all like we had. Fine. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll rescind that comment. <sighs> Hope's dashed. Hope it, was a, a it was a
0: mini Hainer. <laughs> <laughs> it was much quicker than Jake Hayner. that's for sure. Like a 30-second Hainer. Um, <laughs> wow, I love that. That's what it's called when you think that something's going to happen and then it just gets
1: dashed. I hate to get hated. Uh, I got you know what Deontay Johnson hated me a little oh, bit. Oh come on! I'm just saying.
0: Those were your own expectations, but you know this this move does. It makes things pretty difficult in UW's Dub's wide receiver room, and I I I have had a transformation in how I view football in the past month or so. And, and this actually comes back to when we're talking at the Seahawks um, and my perspective about Russell Wilson. I think wide receiver talent is extraordinarily important. And initially I think my perspective was that a good offense and a good quarterback in particular can make almost any receiver look good. And now I'm, I've completely changed my perspective on this and it, UW going into next season with some pretty questionable wide receiver talent. We'll see who sticks around from here. It could be an issue, though, uh, for Kaelin DeBoer and, you know, as they're transferring over to this new offense. The hope is that long term they'll be able to build this back up. And I'm confident that in a college program, there are wide receivers out there. There's almost always wide receivers out there. And it's a little bit shocking that the Huskies didn't have better receivers this season. Uh, but it, it could mean that they have to look on the transfer market a little bit more. I don't think the issue this season was the receivers. Okay. Maybe it was Junior Adams. Uh, I don't
1: think it was Junior Adams. No, I, I think I, the issue was getting the ball to the receivers. Now, that wasn't strictly the quarterbacks. It was also on the offensive line. But I think the issue once the court wide receivers got the ball in their hands, they were often pretty dynamic with it. It was the the getting the ball in their hands part of it that it was often a challenge. Yeah.
0: When it's it's sad to see Junior Adams go, but like this is it's Kalen DeBoer's offense. And that's kind of what when you're bringing in Kalen DeBoer, it's the expectation is that you're going to be running Kalen DeBoer's offense no matter what. And so I could see how that was something that wouldn't exactly uh, vibe with what Junior Adams was looking for. We had an expectation beforehand and has history with these players and often I think those things and lead to differences of opinion.
1: Well, I mean, I don't think there's like he was happy to stay with Kaylin DeBoer for a period of time. A better offer came around. It happens. Yeah. I don't think it reflects poorly on DeBoer or UW in any way. It's just, hey, he got a better opportunity. So it's a bummer that that's with UW's biggest rival, but such is life.
0: Uh, And Troll Troll Cable committing to USC, seeing that, it's just like, all right, fine. (laughs) It's like, you know what? If I could commit to USC, I would too. So
1: homecoming for him, he's SoCal kid, so... Definitely makes a lot of sense.
0: You're telling me that I can play out the last year of my college career at USC under Lincoln Riley. It's like, yeah, go ahead and sign me up for that. I'm good. I'm good on that.
1: With Caleb Williams.
0: <laughs> is that is that the, the scuttle I saw? Caleb Williams entered the transfer portal. I,
1: I don't know that that is the scuttle. It was just a
0: thing to throw out there. It would be pretty incredible what how Lincoln Riley left the Oklahoma program. Which is obviously without a head coach, and it seems like they probably have a good head coach. And Brent Venables, you know, we'll see. But both of their quarterbacks—that he 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 benched the starting quarterback mid-season for another quarterback—and having both of them transfer, it would be pretty shocking, considering the the riches that Oklahoma had before then.
1: I mean, still a chance that Caleb Williams could stay there, but I I gotta admit, I gotta imagine that USC fans are. Or in danger of a Hainer if he doesn't come there. I mean, that
0: has to be the expectation, right? It's the exact same situation. And Lincoln Riley it, obviously showed that he believed in Caleb Williams by by benching Spencer Rattler.
1: And that would be much worse than Hainer, because you'd expect be expecting at minimum two seasons of Caleb Williams. We knew at best we were getting one season of Jake Hainer.
0: It would be worse because we're going to have to play against them. Mm-hmm. I am telling you right now that USC team is going to be fucking awesome. They're going to be the best team on the believe- West
1: Coast. I don't believe we do have to play against them next not, We do not play USC but next year. But, but just in general, yes.
0: Pac-12 championship game. Uh, <clears throat> we will be seeing them. Uh, the USC team is going to be a top five <laughs> team at some point next year.
1: You all snuck that one by me. <laughs>
0: Who else is going to play are you, in it?
1: From the north? Yeah. I, I think Oregon Junior is going to be a formidable foe. Oregon State also on the the come up
0: i i will believe that when i see it but i do believe in usc there's one thing i believe in it is usc next year and that team is going to be awesome
1: i also believe in usc should we talk about the seahawks i don't i don't know why i said that so resigned it was actually an exciting 51 29 win on sunday versus the detroit lions the most points in a game for your seahawks Since two thousand twelve, Russell Wilson's rookie season, when they dropped fifty plus back to back weeks against the Arizona Cardinals, fifty eight nothing win at at CenturyLink Field. I don't know if it was that at that point; it might might have been Quest Field, probably at that point. Uh, And and then they were over. They scored fifty, I think, precisely in Buffalo. Oh, that was the
0: game in Toronto.
1: Yes, not in Buffalo. Not in Buffalo. In Toronto. Uh,
0: I didn't realize that was the next week. I thought that that. Buffalo game was earlier
1: No I mean that was the most exciting stretch Because it was a three week span In 2012 of Again dropped 50 points in back To back weeks And then beat the 49ers 42 to 13 In a showdown a 49ers team that went To the Super Bowl that season And then they had their classic uh, Poor offensive showing against the Rams In week 17 where they only scored 20 points in a 2013
0: win Oh we all remember it The, a tweet
1: i came across of my own oh, from that period i love
0: re- hearing about your old tweets
1: was that at one point in that stretch at in-home games in seattle games the seahawks were at a 100 to nothing run because they had won their previous home game over the jets 28 to 7 oh my god
0: 100 to nothing who started that jets game was that Fitzmagic? magic or was that earlier
1: that was mark sanchez oh
0: the sanchez uh i mean it, you, you you, and I were both at that Arizona game and the way that it felt that very moment was it, it's so fun watching a team and knowing that you're cheering for the best team on the planet. I don't give a fuck who went to the Super Bowl, right? Neither of those teams who went to the Super Bowl were better. The 49ers, we literally saw them come in and get destroyed. And then the fluky Ravens team that went to the Super Bowl. Like, knowing that you're cheering for the absolute best team in the NFL, whether people recognize it or not, like, it was almost like like being on the on the Shen Goon squad early, right? You're just like, I know this, and
1: nobody else does. Someone recognized it, and that someone was DVOA. <laughs> Hang the banner! The, there will never be a
0: stretch that feels as good as that stretch, even winning the Super Bowl. Like, it, it literally, I was thinking of this, where it's like, even if, let's say that this whole offseason, it's funny that that comes up. Like, no matter what happens with the team going forward, they could even be very, very good again. Literally, at no point in our sports fandom will Seahawks football in our entire lives ever feel as good as it felt then.
1: Because it's so exciting to be at the start of this stretch and know that you have this amazing quarterback who is a rookie. Wasn't the youngest, but he was a rookie, was signed for like almost nothing for two full seasons before he could renegotiate. And obviously that paid off in all the ways that we expected it would. It's the reason that the Seahawks were able to go out and signing Cliff Avril and Michael Bennett after that season to fix the pass rush. That was the one weakness of that team after Chris Clemens got hurt in the, uh, the wildcard game in Washington and was really the reason they lost the, the next week in Atlanta.
0: I love that. We just like solely blame that. It's <laughs> like, that's what the narrative is, but we, we will buy that forever. I I mean it wasn't the offense's fault. I think the offense started pretty slow. They put it together. after They started that. slowly, but they they were pretty Atlanta awesome. After in that. the same way that I will forever buy that in 2015, if you gave us one more quarter against the Panthers, they were winning that game and winning the
1: Super Bowl. Now,
0: can you imagine losing Russell Wilson's Cam best Newton? season? Ugh. Anyway,
1: <clears throat> it was a different Cam Newton. Cam was Cam was so like, but we owned there was the Panthers. No scarier we player owned back in the, the day. Panthers. We did isn't
0: that the only loss during the entire like time period of Cam? Have they ever lost any other games to Cam Newton? They
1: came into Seattle and beat the Seahawks one year, didn't they? I think we were at that game, weren't we? I was with I was with uh the famous cousin Katie's husband Ben in the uh lower bowl and you and Chris were up in the your usual seats. Am I remembering this correctly? We
0: lost to the Panthers.
1: Or maybe maybe vice versa. I know the four of us were at that game. Huh. I don't know what year it was. But by that same
0: token, oh, it was
1: it was the earlier that season, twenty seven twenty three in Seattle, and Carolina won fifteen. Yeah. Oh wow! Because that was because that was your. I mean, Carolina went fifteen and one in the regular season. <laughs> they started fourteen and zero. Wow.
0: By that same token, how things felt in that moment beating Arizona, fifty eight to nothing. Like, just that entire time period, the energy that I was mean, surrounding it. I mean,
1: more, I think, the the Buffalo game. Because, like, Arizona, who were they starting a quarterback in that game?
0: That was John Skelton.
1: No, it was pre-Skelton, wasn't it? It was. I'm pretty sure it was Skelton. Oh, it was Skelton. I'm thinking of Ryan Boom! Lindley. You like they that? Both, they both saw action in that game.
0: I was going to say it was either him or Ryan Lindley. But...
1: You're, you're welcome for get that the start. skeleton knowledge. <laughs> but I mean, that team was so awful. But Buffalo was like Tyrod started. Might... Pretty sure. No, that was the FitzMagic team. Oh, okay. Is what I was going to say. Ah. So that was like not a terrible team, and the Seahawks oh. just dominated in ostensibly the road. Although I assume there were probably plenty of uh, Seahawks fans there in Toronto. But it was six and ten. What
0: I was saying is that by that same token. This 50 points that they put up against the Lions, while it felt good, the entire time you couldn't help but thinking to yourself,
1: this might be the end?
0: Not even that, just this is the Lions, and this is what we were supposed to do all along. Yes. And the defense, ultimately, they had the turnovers, but like, they still kind of let the Lions march down the field quite a few times. It really was like, this game is what the season was supposed to be, and this is what we were robbed of was these games, crushing the Lions in this fashion. But when you're playing against legitimate teams, maybe you give up points on defense, but this is how the offense should be moving. And this is what we didn't get from this season. And I think the takeaway that I had after the game and seeing some of the conversations that were happening is, look, we'll see what happens against Arizona. This is not what I'm saying I want to have happen, but I think the most likely outcome for next year now is that everybody is back. Not not Bobby Wagner, but like I think the most likely outcome going into next so wait, year. So you went
1: from your bold prediction on the Year in Review podcast, which by the way, you should listen to if you haven't already. Now you by now you should listen to it. Uh we recorded that eight days ago, and your bold prediction, and granted it's a bold prediction because it's not necessarily likely to come true, was that all four were gone, and now you're telling me you think the most likely outcome is that all four stay? Who is the four? I
0: think I'm talking about 3.
1: all four,
0: that that all four was Pete John, Pete John, Shane Walden and Ken Norton. I'm talking about Pete Pete uh, John and Russ. Look, I Ken see. Norton will remains to be seen. Uh, I think that Shane Waldron provided that Pete is back. I think Shane Waldron will be back, but I am just saying, I think there's a better than 50% chance or maybe not even that, but I think the highest percent of all of the different outcomes that happen with regards to Pete, John and Russell Wilson is that the three of them are back. I think they have a plurality of. I was, I was looking for that word po- possibility of returning. and And I think that. As we saw in that game, I think that everybody can kind of look around and again, we'll see what happens in Arizona. Everybody can kind of look around and be like, this is what this team should have been. You saw it with Bill Barnwell. You saw that post. The rationalization has begun everywhere. Right, The wheels are turning of rash- rationalization. This is, it is probably a 10-win team. It's probably a fringe playoff team. There's tweaks that need to be made. You're going to save $15 million by letting Bobby Wagner go. You're going to go out and spend a little bit of money in free agency. And this team is coming back next year. Peter Clay Carroll will be the coach of the Seahawks in 2022. <laughs> and I don't mean 2022 as in this Sunday. I mean the I 2022 the- football season.
1: You now have got it, so you can claim victory either
0: but way. But I'm just telling you that I you was there. Like and after the game, I was like, Russ wants to be back. Pete wants to be back, and here's why. When you look
1: around uh, that, The Bill Bunwell tweet for the record, pointing out that the Seahawks were sixteen and five in games decided by seven points or fewer in two thousand nineteen and twenty, combined one in five this season, which is how you end up with a i believe now plus 21 point differential for the season and a 6 and 10 record
0: i mean you know that point differential is a little bit like a, a little i know this game happened but it is a little skewed because of one game
1: but it's not skewed because of one game i mean the point is that you get to play games like teams like the lions sometimes and they were backloaded in the seahawks schedule and it just came after they were more or less eliminated from the playoffs.
0: But no, I mean you look at the point differential across the NFC, every other team with a positive point differential is either definitely going to make the playoffs or in the playoff hunt. There's nobody with a positive point, you know, the the lowest other point differential teams are the Saints and I guess and the, and, and the, Niners, the, the two teams that are basically competing for that last spot in the playoffs, the Saints. And the I Niners. mean, there's a pretty
1: there's a pretty big gap between the 49ers and the Saints. There's a 40 point gap. But
0: still, them. that's everybody who has a positive point differential. It should be the Seahawks, the Niners and the Saints are all competing for that one spot. And this is with Russell Wilson. Basically, I, he missed three games, but ultimately he missed six games and. If you change those six games to full Russell Wilson games, if you take out, if you have him healthy the entire season, they're comfortably in the playoffs right now. We know this to be true.
1: I mean, again, the the important thing is not what we think or anyone else. It's what Jody Allen, Burt Colley, and Russell Wilson think. Those are the three people that matter right now. And I I agree that I can see themselves as more likely to talk themselves into it because of a performance like that against Detroit. And it gets exponentially more likely that they're able to talk themselves into it if the CX can go into Arizona and win on Sunday, even with nothing at stake for them.
0: Let me just explain to you, though. I said that my perspective had changed on football. And after watching some of these, seeing Tom Brady without his receivers, right? Seeing Tom Brady without Evans, without Godwin, right? Some of these games, and it's like, receiver talent is extraordinarily important. And I think, again, for me, it's something that I'd underrated.
1: I mean, you could argue Joe Burrow with the upgrade. Argue Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's fucking
0: like, he's the, he's the poster child for this. You <laughs> well, look a, at those three it's receivers. It's also his second
1: season. Guys do improve in their second season, typically, even if they've got the same crew around them. But, but the offensive talent
0: that the Bengals have, those receivers are like, if you, if you give Zach Wilson... He's not going to be as good as Joe Burrow. But if you give Zach Wilson that kind of receiver talent, it's a totally different team. If you give Jared Goff that receiver talent, it's a totally different team. And
1: what if you give Tim Boyle that receiving talent?
0: Look, Tim Boyle's pretty solid. I (laughs) I think he's better than Goff. I will forever be a Tim Boyle defender. However, (laughs) where did Tim Boyle go to school? Is he in Iowa?
1: Fresno State? You you must have missed Mike Sean's series of tweets about this. Oh, no on on uh, on sunday as he was trying to figure out who the hell tim boyle is he uh played three years at uconn ah. with three different coaches was ineffective down transferred for his senior year i forget where it was now and was not very good at that wow <laughs> <either>. <laughs> like tim boyle it's it's quite a thing how he made it to the nfl and is actually seems decent in the nfl uh, Eastern Kentucky was his senior year. He threw for 6.5 yards per attempt wow, Tim after Boyle. averaging uh, 4.7, 4.1, 4.7 yards per attempt at UConn with completion percentages of 44, 52, 52.
0: Okay, so, so here's here here's what I'm saying to you. Who are the teams that are most likely to trade for Russell Wilson for him to agree to a trade to?
1: So, I mean, the teams that have been widely mooted. You obviously have New Orleans. Marquez Calloway. Yeah. Well, they they would get Mike Thomas
0: I, 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 I Mike Thomas, with after not playing for a season plus, you've got Kamara, but it's a little bit like there's some questions there. I I think they probably have some of the best like skill talent of any of these teams, but it's still it's sub Tyler and DK, New York Giants Kadarius Tony, <laughs> which I, mean, uh, I fucking love of, Kadarius
1: Tony, but like the actually they had a number of receivers injured this season. I, they've got a uh, A deep receiver core, but obviously not the kind of proven stars that DK and Tyler are. Uh, Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos do have a a great deal of wide receiver talent. I think
0: they have a lot of players. Like I had Cortland Sutton in fantasy this year, and I can tell you, Cortland Sutton is no fantasy talent. Like calling him a receiver talent is pretty iffy. I
1: I mean, it's so tough to extract receiver talent vis-a-vis quarterback play. Now, Teddy Bridgewater has been pretty good this season, but there's also been a fair fair amount of Drew Locke sightings out there. Yes. I mean, those are the main three. I think, it, I mean, maybe you could put Vegas. The Raiders. It's, it's a four-
0: I, I'm just saying the relationship that Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson have it is not a relationship that that many wide receivers and quarterbacks have. And I think it's going to be really hard for Russell Wilson to give up on that relationship. And I think that's one of the things that brings him back to Seattle is you could see it. You could see the emergence of Penny, which I think if they bring him back is a big deal for Russell Wilson. I think he knows it. You could see that he obviously knows that DK Metcalf is one of the best receivers in the league with Tyler. Like that combination, those two receivers are I mean, stand up there with almost anybody across the league as two receiving options. And he's not going to be able to go somewhere else and find that with another team. And I think that is going to be a very big part of this conversation, which is it's not just Russell Wilson in a vacuum going somewhere else. It is Russell Wilson going to another team and inheriting that roster. And maybe changes can be made, but I don't think they're going to be that great. Like when you see Brady going to Tampa Bay, part of the reason he's going to Tampa Bay is because of that receiving talent. And that's part of the reason that he's so successful there. And obviously Brady probably would be successful almost anywhere, but like, it's it's a huge aspect and i don't know if i necessarily maybe new orleans but i'm also skeptical whether new orleans really has the assets to go get russell wilson in the same way that like the giants do or somebody like that and i i just i don't know if i see it
1: yeah i mean we'll have plenty of time to talk about it uh i still don't feel like for all the reporting that is out there about Russell Wilson's situation with the Seahawks that I have any better of sense of it today than I did when we talked with Mike Sean basically 12 months ago on this podcast. I I think it's stale. A a
0: lot of the the quote unquote chatter, like people treating it like it's real. I think it's very stale conversations and I'm not sure I buy that. I'm not sure I buy that Russell Wilson and his team are talking that much to anybody right now.
1: I mean, I think that they may talk to people after the season. And there have clearly were, last off season were leaks that transparently came from Russell Wilson's camp. I don't know that we've seen those yet. So, uh, do you want to talk about this Sunday's game?
0: Against the Cardinals? Yeah. Or against the Lions?
1: And, well, do you have anything else to say about the Lions win? I thought that's what we had been
0: talking about. Okay. Uh, you know, it was interesting seeing that report going into the game. Uh, that came out about it. Just it's such a cloud over everything.
1: Adam Schufter saying that it might be the last game for Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson in Seattle, which
0: certainly it might be. Exactly. It's one of those things where you're just like, I, I again, I'm not convinced that there was new information that led to that report. I think that there is timing that led to that report. And at some point, it probably was true. And and maybe there's still like an undercurrent of truth to it. And Russell Wilson's general upsetness, I'm sure he is upset.
1: Well, there's definitely an undercurrent of truth to it. There's unquestionably an undercurrent of truth. But there's a huge
0: difference between somebody was upset last offseason and probably still is upset and full on requesting a trade. I'm not going to play for this team. There, there's still a pretty huge chasm between those two things and
1: and and how far is Russell Wilson willing to go in pursuit of a trade if the Seahawks don't want to trade him
0: and the other piece is just reporting something as this might be like people take might and they report that is definitely happening you know again same thing with they they
1: aggregated is definitely happening
0: the same thing is with Aaron Rodgers i think the most likely outcome is that aaron rodgers is on the packers next year you know and I don't know if we felt that same way this offseason draft day in particular, right? When it looked so likely that Aaron Rodgers would be traded. Because again, as I've said, this shit does not happen. Unless it's Matthew Stafford, whatever. Sorry, quarterbacks like that. Uh, It just doesn't happen that often that a quarterback of this caliber changes teams. And I think you can sort of look at the playoffs. I was thinking of this. And you look at the 14 teams that are in the playoffs it's like 12 of the best quarterbacks in the league, right? Who's the best, aside from Russ, who's the best quarterback who's not going to be in the playoffs? Uh, let me take a look here at who's not going to be I'm guessing playoffs. it's statistically speaking Kirk Cousins. Oh, maybe Teddy. Teddy had a pretty good year.
1: Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater's had a very good year. I mean, Jameis was was having a very good year, although part of the reason the New Orleans Saints may not make the playoffs is because he got hurt, and they've had terrible quarterback play ever since. Well, and that's the thing. So that doesn't really count.
0: It's like... You, you look at it and it's like either team has had a quarterback who played pretty well and has been injured for much many of the games, right? Like this is DR, Brady, Rogers, Herbert, Mahomes, Prescott, Stafford, Allen are all in. Cousins, Cars, and maybe, Garoppolo, you know, like you start getting into fringe territory. But like, God, Joe Burrow, I can't believe he's that bad. There aren't that many quarterbacks. Big
1: discrepancy between football outsiders and everyone else on Burrow because of their strength of schedule of opposing defenses. It, Mina Kimes brought this up last week.
0: There aren't that many quarterbacks who are statistically speaking in the like second tier who are not making the playoffs. It's a quarterback league and a quarterback like Russell Wilson, despite the fact that he's not going to be in the playoffs this year, still is a playoff caliber quarterback. And when you look at there's no ranking of the top coaches, but like, I don't think I would say that these are the top 14 coaches who are in the playoffs. The, the relationship is much more close to the quarterback than it is to the coach. And so I, I think that it's pretty evident to people what gets you to the playoffs and what has you win games in the NFL. And it's more about quarterbacks than it is about coaches. Yeah, I would agree with that. So again, a, a report that it might be their last game in Seattle is just, to me, it's, it was nothing. It's, it's undeniably true that, it that, but it was, what's it undeni- was, undeniably true that it
1: might be their last game. Oh
0: yeah. No, I mean, every game might be their last game. <laughs> like it's, no, any, I mean, it's, that, it's that, undeniably that, true that if you say might, that you cannot say it's wrong.
1: Uh, probabilistically, the odds have never been higher of any individual game that Russell Wilson and B. Carroll have played at the end of the season at home that it was going to be their last game in Seattle. Yeah, sure. Never.
0: But also you could be like, it almost certainly was, or there's very likely that it was Bobby Wagner's last game,
1: you know? It, this is, I, I think we acknowledge is true, not as seismic for the franchise as much as Bobby, not as seismic for the franchise going forward, despite what Bobby Wagner has meant to the franchise over the course of his career,
0: I mean, you look DVOA wise, right? At quarterbacks, I was just thinking of this, and of the top, so fourteen teams make the playoffs. The quarterbacks who who are lower than fourteenth by DVOA who are going to make the playoffs are Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. Carson Wentz is in the top fourteen. Number thirteen.
1: Huh, I'm surprised that he's number 20 in the uh, CPOA EPA composite, which is what I'm looking at.
0: And and the ones who are ahead of that, who are not going to make the playoffs are like, again, most of them are on the front. Garoppolo is a maybe right. Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater. Gar- Garoppolo is solid
1: fourth in that, that metric. But part of the reason the 49ers aren't a sure playoff team is the time that Garoppolo is missed due to injury.
0: <laughs> Was he injured when he threw all those interceptions? Was he injured in the Seahawks game games? I guess he was injured in one of them, uh, the Titans game that it was awful that he lost, but you understand what I'm saying. Like, if you want to predict who's going to go to the playoffs, just look at the caliber of quarterback and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't get how a franchise could look at this information and, trade russell wilson and i just don't think it's going to happen that's what i'm saying like all of these things knowing the relationship that he has to the city to the players on the team to the relationship between quarterback play and success i just i don't buy that it's happening
1: i do get how that could happen because i also see how a coaching staff could think that your total number of completed passes and runs in a game translates to victory All right, Sunday, the Seahawks finish their season against the Arizona Cardinals. Nothing at stake, obviously, for the Seahawks besides where their second and subsequent round pick fall, picks fall. <laughs> but the Arizona Cardinals can still win the NFC West with a victory and a Rams loss to the 49ers in their season finale. Cardinals assured no worse than the number five seed as the top wild card if they don't win the NFC West. After beating the Seahawks to uh, more or less end their season and head to their bye nine and two with Kyler Murray returning after that bye week after that that impressive Colt McCoy performance in Seattle Uh, Cardinals have gone just three and two in their five games since the bye they lost three consecutive games in December home for the Rams at the Lions shockingly and home for the colts on christmas day they bounced back sunday with a 25-22 win at dallas in a possible playoff preview as that loss knocked into cowboys to the number four seed so if the season ended today we would see a rematch of that one in the wild card playoff round Uh, cardinals had dropped to ninth in dvoa last week and 14th in weighted dvoa just two spots ahead of the seahawks despite the seahawks own slide in the second half of the season Defense has still had strong moments, but the offense has been way down after coming out on fire. Positive DVOA in each of their first six games. They've only been above average in DVOA after adjusting for opponent in one of their last six games started by Kyler Murray. So this is this is a game the Seahawks legitimately could steal, even though there's, there's six and a half point underdogs oh, going into this one. I think the Seahawks are a better team than the Cardinals especially when you consider the Seahawks track record uh, playing in Arizona versus their track record playing at home against the Cardinals.
0: Uh, I wanted to look at defensively where they, it it was interesting. So the the Cowboys basically chose not to run in that game, ran very little in that game. And that's obviously not, not a perspective that the Seahawks are going to take in this game. You know, they're, they're all about finding that balance, Uh, but you do. And especially
1: with Rashad Penny playing as well as he is.
0: You do look at Arizona, and they're kind of just good at everything defensively. I think they're fifth in rush and fifth in pass DVOA. So it's one of those things where you can't say, "Well, the Seahawks should obviously do this or obviously do that in the game." I think it's just going to be a normal Seahawks game plan, and it'll be pretty fascinating to learn in this one again. You know, you talked a couple weeks ago about how hard the team was trying, and you felt like maybe they weren't trying as hard at one point. I was like, "I don't understand what the fuck." No, that means. I, I,
1: I did not think that. I felt that they were trying hard the entire time. Okay. But like, they were try. They will try
0: on- in this game on Sunday. You know oh, yeah. they're gonna leave it all out there.
1: And you just dismissed that—that that was something that should be attributed to Pete Carroll.
0: Trying their hardest, sure. Yeah. Okay, but I I think that they you know clearly you saw in that Detroit game, everybody had a very fun time scoring fifty points against Detroit, and I think that they they felt great about it. Like you could see, it's a lot
1: of fun to score fifty points in a game, man. It- playoffs
0: are not like. There's something about just kicking the shit out of a team, right? Having the offense move like it's moving, that has but not happened it, all season.
1: It, it did happen once all season. The Colts game? Maybe not as consistently for four quarters, but yes, the Colts game. Those were the bookends to the season in terms of optimism. It was so
0: much better than that. Like, the Jags game was fine or whatever, but, like, that Jags game, they didn't actually play that well to win so easily. And this was one where the offense actually did what it was like this is what Pete Carroll wants offense to look like. Shane Waldron did his thing. Well I think Pete This is what thing.
1: everyone wants offense to look like.
0: It was great. It was great. I know that you're not going to play the Lions every single week, but like god damn, give me this
1: offense. But they hadn't been able to do that against the Bears. And I mean the Bears are more competitive than the Lions, but it's not dramatic. So I think it did mean something. By the way the Seahawks when they lost last year in Arizona it was their first loss to the Cardinals. In Arizona since Russell Wilson's NFL debut. I
0: don't accept that loss.
1: <laughs> what was the, was the penalty on the field goal? Pensomeo. Never get penalties on field goals or punts. <gasps> Just don't do it. I mean, post I, post punt, like on the return, fine, whatever. Just if a team has chosen to forfeit its possession, let them forfeit their possession to you. Uh, the Seahawks did, you'll recall, lose once at. Uh, State Farm Stadium, in that span, but they also got a two got did get a win there last season despite losing to the Cardinals because that's where oh they, they beat the San Francisco
0: 49ers. Beat the win week seventeen.
1: Was that week seventeen or week sixteen? <sighs> it was one of one of those weeks. Suffice it to say,
0: I was looking dvoa wise where Chicago ranks vis-a-vis Detroit. They're really not that far off from each other.
1: That was in two thousand twenty one. So. Seahawks undefeated in 2022,
0: for the record. And they'll they'll stay that way. Uh, I, I don't know if we need to do percentage chance of victory in this game, but I I think there is a very good chance that the Seahawks win. I think there's a better than 40% chance that they win this game.
1: I would put it around
0: 40%. And you could say you could see this is not this is not what I'm wanting to have happen, but you can see the narrative. You can see it all building. They put it all together at the end and they're going to carry it into next season. Fourth place record. I mean, you highlighted it like what does that schedule Again, look like for next year?
1: The teams <laughs> they are playing next season is a by virtue, you know, obviously most of your games, 14 of your 17 the extra games, games are locked yeah. in, but the extra games that they would play next year, Detroit, hello, New York giants oh, God. at Detroit. I believe it's at Detroit home for New York giants, home for New York jets. <laughs> <laughs> That is that is a, a schedule. I mean, so so a,
0: they're playing the the extra one of the extra games is the the NFC North, right? Yes. A year ago, that's the Green Bay fucking Packers.
1: Well, we can just look at what the extra games they played this season were. That was at Pittsburgh. Uh they played the NFC North. So the other conference divisions were home for New Orleans and at washington football oh my god won the division they ended
0: up not having that brutal they did lose all three of those games they (laughs) lost
1: all three of them Two, you know yeah
0: so it's both the nfc is going to have one extra home game next year
1: correct which will benefit all everybody's going to have that obviously
0: but like when you look at those extra games that they're going to have who are the two divisions that they play
1: uh well it's the two divisions that don't don't include those teams so it's the uh, NFC South, I believe, is the NFC division, and then, uh, well, I guess I, I'm not sure about the AFC. Let I me mean, let me double check. The that.
0: NFC South again. Wow.
1: Uh, they will face the AFC West. Okay,
0: that's what I was going to say. I feel like it's the that's. I mean, it is a tough. The AFC West is a tough division to play, pretty much across the board.
1: Uh, yeah, it's definitely not an easy. the The road games are at Kansas City and at LA Chargers. Although you can imagine that there will be. Probably more Seahawks fans than Chargers what, fans. Oh, I, I, they have an announcement.
0: I was going to say, what day is that? Wait, we gotta go to that. <laughs> what day is that?
1: <laughs> well, they play in LA twice next year, both the Chargers and the Rams.
0: That might be kind of fun, but it'd be more fun to go to a Chargers game. I think.
1: Oh yeah, it'd be way easier to get tickets too, oh, and
0: just like the you know the whole feeling of it. Okay, <laughs> the so, vibe. So obviously, some of the. AFC West teams are going to regress. There are gonna be some hard games in there, but some of those AFC West teams are gonna regress. Uh, especially the Broncos because they're gonna have Russell Wilson. Um oh, yeah. no. <laughs> the the NFC South, I mean you're talking about if I can Matt Rule's Panthers, Sam Darnold's maybe still Panthers. Like I um, don't I
1: don't think that's likely.
0: The Saints will see if Jameis recovers. You've got forty five year old well, Tom Brady.
1: Who I don't think that Jameis recovering is the issue. What is the issue? Can they can they
0: afford Jameis? Well, yeah, you've got forty five year old Brady, and you have Matt Ryan. Who, who even knows? Right? Like, I I just think you could see it all building up as the Seahawks in the next well, season. I've already
1: seen it for like five weeks now.
0: I'm already starting the rationalization. Give me those extra games, right? This is Ugh. this is a twelve and five team in twenty twenty two.
1: Wow, twelve and five. Oh boy,
0: it would would be good enough to win the afc who had the extra home game
1: i guess that's as good a time as any to uh say on that note thanks for listening thanks
0: i want it to be next football season right now
1: that's the you worst thing about felt
0: that about football is that you have to wait so long
1: i mean you know with the most time in my life i've felt that it was when 2012 at the end of that season. Well, yeah,
0: I mean, obviously, like...
1: I watched the Pro Bowl <laughs> just because I wanted to watch Russell Wilson play football. That's how excited I was about Russell Wilson. I've
0: watched the Pro Bowl because Russ was playing a lot of times. ah <sighs>